The Hand of Brass. Episode 5 Purpose. The dungeon of the Berenian King's castle was dimly lit. In a cell chained to a stone wall was Constantine. It is here I sit, the human seer to the Orc King of Berenia, the follower of the Great Beyond. A pilgrim who has traveled far, following where the visions lead him. Here I am chained in this dungeon, for foreseeing the demise of one named Leontes, and the rise of another. You have no idea the forces that are at work here, Belgar. I demand to speak to the peasant king. Ha! <laughs> sure thing, my all-seeing master. I'll get right on that. You cultists think you know the secrets of the universe because you see beyond the watcher's sight. <laughs> what a laugh. The great beyond is a power beyond all comprehension, and only a select few have but a glance into it. I have seen many things, yes, but I never lay claim to know all the secrets of the universe. I only preach that there is more than just Adon the Watcher and the Devil Malness. The entity that embodies the surroundings cannot be easily comprehended. You claim you foresaw the king's demise. Yet as we speak, the bloodbath has begun. All the king's usurpers are being slaughtered. To bait them in with the promise of marrying the princess was a brilliant move to see who is yearning for his power. Now the king stands unopposed as the rightful ruler. So your premonition was nothing but false. The rightful ruler has always been the heir to the throne, but it is not he. The peasant king will set things right, but in doing so will be tested with... Ah, I speak so freely that I forget your future. I have pleaded already to see the peasant king... And in not bringing me to him, you have sealed your fate. I will speak no more to you, and I wish you well as you cross over from this material plane. Are you wishing death upon me? You insolent filth. I think a few lashes should wisen you. Seer Constantine, I see that the tyrant king has been treating you well. Come, let me relinquish you of your chain. The new king wishes you to join his council. Elric wandered aimlessly about the city ruins, his heart and soul at a loss for words. None of this makes any sense. This city was bustling and full of life not but a week ago. How is it that thirty years have passed? What happened here? Well, at the tail end of the Austilian-Humerian civil war, the Austilians took the city by storm. Those who survived either joined the Austilians or became refugees and fled to Berenia. They destroyed this city as a message to the rest of Humeria. So the Ossilians won in the end. I'm so sorry, Elric. Please, save your pity. I wish to be alone. Elric? Let him be. But what if he runs into trouble? Let him grieve. He can take care of himself. We'll seek him out later. You're right. We should make our way to St. Horace Cathedral. What lies there? I'm in search of an ancient scroll that is last said to be held there. The Draconians yearn to read its contents. Come, I believe it's this way. Elric walked down street after street, taking in all the destruction. All that he had called home, all that he knew, was no more. There was once a street vendor, Elric recalled, that would sell all assortments of fruits and sweets here. It was his favorite corner because it was where he had met his wife, Amber. To his surprise, the cart was still there, 
Though in pieces, he could not mistake the familiar light oaken finish. Dwarven oak finish always lasted. Even if it were to break into a million pieces, it would still shine brighter than ever. His eyes gazed at the walkway in front of him, lost in thought and memory. Then he looked up, and there it was. Standing before him was his house. The house he had left not but a week ago had now aged thirty years. He walked in and saw everything was broken inside. Every dresser, table, chair, cupboard, all shattered and strewn about. He sat at his fireplace and remembered holding his daughter Erica in his arms as Amber would braid his hair into a single long braid. The very braid Amber had tied for him before he left home. Then something caught his eye. There was a crack in the stone of the fireplace. Any visitor would have thought it was a mere break in a fireplace, but the way the stone was broken seemed intentional. It was far too deep to have been done by accident. Leaning over it, he saw a folded piece of parchment inside. He picked it up, and delicately he opened it. It's been six months since you left us, Elric. They say you must have perished with the rest of your troop, but your body was never found. But I know you, Elric, and I know better. You've always been a survivor, and I have not lost faith that you are still out there. Something in me knows you're still alive. I have to make this quick, because the city is under attack from the Orsilians. If you find this note, know that Erica and I will be safe. I'm grabbing my axe and fleeing these mountains. This war is frivolous, and no environment to raise a child. Woe to the man who stands in my way for a better life. May we be reunited soon, my love. Amber. You left. You didn't perish here. Newfound hope filled Elric's heart. He quickly folded the note and placed it in his backpack. Selene and Duncan found their way into a shell of what was once a grand cathedral. They both walked through the broken doors and stepped into a high-ceiling room full of tipped-over and broken pews. Selene then began searching about as Duncan stood in the middle of the room, taking it all in. I wish I could have seen this place untouched by war. The Ossilians must not hold the Watcher in high regard. The Ossilians worship the Watcher, but worship in a more puritanical fashion. The Humerian dwarves were more relaxed in their scripture interpretations. The Ossilian king used his influence to turn it into an us-against-them, they're-blaspheming-the-true-ways-of-the-watcher sort of thing. And in doing so, it drove other influencers of the people into fanaticism, so he could fight against his brother, the king of Humeria, and take the throne. The Ossilian king was brothers with the Humerian king. Didn't I mention that? Yes, they were brothers. Technically, the Ossilian king wasn't actually a king, since he was second-born and had no right to the throne. Why wouldn't he just get an assassin to kill the true king and usurp the throne? It's cliché, but it's easier than massing an opposing army. True, but then there's no real legacy of conquest and... Ugh, blood! I can't find the scroll anywhere! My sources told me it should be here! Maybe someone took it when the city was invaded. Where could it have been taken, I wonder? I really hope it's not in Ossilia. We have company. Duncan drew his sword as he saw a group of five hooded figures. Their leader stepped forward and pointed at Selene and Duncan. I see you also seek the scroll. Hand it over and we may just forget you were here. Ready for round two, gentlemen. There's no cliff this time, so I guess you're out of luck. I won't go down so easy this time. The Alamendian spies looked at each other for a moment in confusion. Duncan suddenly realized these were all different assailants from his encounter at the top of the cliff. They drew their swords. Selene, you killed the rest of the spies on top of the cliff, didn't you? Yeah. 
So that taunt went straight over their heads, didn't it? Yes. Yes, it did. God damn it. Quick as a hare, Duncan moved, his sword gliding in the air, parrying blade after blade, leaving his enemies open for his next flurry of attacks. Duncan had learned his lesson. Never underestimate your enemy. One down, then the next, their blood splattered on the floor. Celine, acting fast, let loose her silver chain, wrapping it around the throat of one. She then cast a spell of shock, conducting it through the chain, frying the man dead. Duncan found himself fighting toe-to-toe -to -toe with the leader. Blades clashed. Though this man was good, Duncan was better. In a move of desperation, the man held out his hand to cast a spell. The hand was suddenly grasped by a brass gauntlet. No, you don't. Suddenly, the spy collapsed to the ground, with an axe firmly lodged in his spine, and Elric standing behind him. Glad I found you. Did you find what you were looking for? No. I seek the Scroll of Adon. It was last recorded to be here in this cathedral. The Holy Scroll of Adon? You won't find it here. The high priests take the scroll on a sort of pilgrimage to the Sanctus Mountains in Berenia. It does? How do you know this? I have found nothing in my studies on this! Legends say an orc and a dwarf were given the scroll for safekeeping by the Watcher himself, thus starting the alliance between our people. As a show of good faith between each other, every leap year the scroll moves from Sanctus Mountains to St. Horus Cathedral, and vice versa. The Ossilians detested the orc alliance, chose to ignore the story. I can only assume they dissolved our alliance with Berenia. Then we must go to the Sanctus Mountains. The only way you could go there is if you were either the dwarven priests with the scroll, or if you have expressed permission from the king of Berenia himself. Otherwise it is forbidden upon pain of death to go there. Great. All we have to do is request a meeting with a bloodthirsty tyrant. Sounds easy to me. Cromwell, now crowned king, sits on his throne as Constantine, now adorned in his robes and wide-brimmed hat, bows before him. Peasant king, I have had a great vision. A vision that foresees cataclysm of death and destruction through fire and flame. I fear Berenia and all that lives within it is in great peril. But there may be salvation, your highness. A man with the hand of brass comes. And that's season one. Thank you for listening. My name is Jacob Lashuk, and I'm the creator of The Hand of Brass. And I would like to thank you one more time, because without you, there would be no show. Please, like, share, subscribe. And if you want to support us further, check out our Patreon. And keep up to date with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Hand of Brass. Especially when we announce season two. See you soon, and thanks again.